Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand Street. Mind the gap. Welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm John. This week we are going to talk about us. Delightful mayoral elections again. Because, you know, I, I was genuinely thinking this was going to be the big story of the next few weeks in British politics. I thought maybe we're so London-centric in this country. I thought maybe it was finally the region's time to shine. And then Theresa May had to blow it all by calling for a general election. So today we're going to talk about the implications of that decision and what it's going to do to the various mayoral elections around the country. Uh, to discuss that topic, I'm joined by my colleagues from the New Statesman's politics desk, Stephen Bush and Patrick Maguire. Hello. Hello. So, Stephen, you know, this is your second general election to cover in three years. It will very likely be your third Labour leadership contest in, in three years. How are you feeling about that? I mean, obviously, I love elections, right? I just think they're brilliant, wonderful, just... Yeah, I just think we forget, unless you look at the sweep of history and the sweep of the world, right, how few people get to do the thing that we're going to get to do twice, to vote in an, in an election. That, that is quite remarkable. That's something you know, my grandfather never got to do. That's, you know, that's, you know, that's an astonishing um, and, and very beautiful uh, thing. But the other reason why I think it's quite exciting is now it will be this kind of curtain raiser, right? If the Lib Dems do very well across those elections, which I suspect they will, you'll have an entertaining moment when the Conservatives who will have pressed the button marked snap, gleefully looking forward to smashing the Labour Party, will suddenly go, oh, wait a second, did we really want to do this? So, I mean, if, say, um, the Liberal Democrats win the... uh, I keep calling it the University of the West of England. (laughs) Uh, The West West England, Greater Bristol, Somerset, whatever you want to call it, mayoralty, right? If the Lib Dems win that and they, you know, they take... Yeah, they take full control on the southwest councils. They have no overall no overall control in. If they they get rid of the Tory majority in those councils, if they win the popular vote across across those wards, you're going to have. You remember that outbreak of panic among Labour MPs and happened after 2014 local elections when they were like, "Oh, this isn't good. This is not what should be happening according to the polls." Yeah. Abort, abort. You I mean, we if, can get the Tory equivalent. Of we that, might get right? the Tory equivalent of that. So I think it's suddenly become you know even more exciting. It's very exciting if national politics is is your bag, and it, you know it very much is your bag. But you know, I really thought this was going to be the moment where we started talking about cities. I thought you know it was going to be all all West Midlands all the time was really where I was expecting to go. I, I, you know, I really did think that was going to happen. And now, and now, like 
people will pay attention to what's going on in the West Midlands mayoral election, but only because it's now become a sort of test case for what's going on in politics more generally. Although the West Midlands become less exciting since your wee poll. Yeah, we'll come on to the topic of what the hell does the general election mean for, for the mayorals. Um, but to explain, there was a sort of poll out yesterday which suggested that Labour's Sean Simon, after the second round... Is, is beating Andy Street by six points, which is slightly below what people in his campaign are predicting, but it's kind of in the ballpark. That that slightly surprised me, because that feels like a much healthier lead than I would have given them credit for at this stage. Well, it's, I think, I, you know, as I said yesterday, I think he's a much transfer-friendlier politician than Andy Street is, right? Because You mean literally the transfer of votes? Oh, the transfer of yeah. votes, yeah. yeah. Uh, not footballing or bank... Um, yeah, but you know, I think he will attract a lot more second preferences than Andy Street, and I think maybe the you know continued resurgence of May on everyone's TV screens will remind people that Andy Street, for all his kind of uh, trying to do a non-partisan campaign, sort of focusing on his being a technocrat, is actually still a Tory. Although that could well work in his favour. I mean, that's my, that would be my my concern is that this is the, the general election is going to raise the political temperature more generally and it means that people are going to be going into the voting booth thinking not about the West Midlands or trams or the privatisation of the they're going to be thinking about Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn and which of those two politicians they like more and as vexing as it may seem to me people do seem to quite like Theresa May yes but but and I hope this doesn't turn out to be a wrong prediction because I'll be very upset because Theresa May is not going to get 50 percent of the vote plus one and I think the really interesting thing about that poll is a lot of Labour MPs uh, in the West Midlands a lot of the sort of that kind of Birmingham collective have been going I like Sean but oh, it's really tight it feels basically level in the polls and after the, I should say after the first round it was level but the, the, it, this, is the, it is the transfer but when that poll came out one of them texted me and they said I they said what they realized when it came out is they said I've just got so used to fighting first past the post elections I've looked at my own sort of data, and of course that's right. right? Of, of course he's winning in quite a big way. And then you, you start thinking about the transfers issue elsewhere, and you think, well, are the Tories going to win on transfers in Tees Valley, where they might win on the first round? No. Are they going to win in the West of England on transfers? Not unless the Lib Dems... Unless everyone gets about a third of the vote in, in you know, and the Lib Dems go out first, right? So I think the West England is a fun example of where I imagine you could get a different winner depending on who went out, uh, yeah, who comes third at every different time, and there will be not much between them. I've heard that one described as potentially a freeway marginal. Do you think that's true? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Steve, Stephen Williams has, has got a fairly large personal following because obviously, like, like all Lib Dem MPs, he's pointed at more bins than I've had hot dinners. Yeah, they put in the hours. Um, so he will, and he'll get a good vote out of Bristol, and also there's a good sort of residual Lib Dem vote out of the, uh, the the rural parts of that mayoralty. Labour, of course, will will hope to do well out of out of Bristol, and the Tories will do well out of the more affluent, sort of the bluer bits of Bristol and the surrounding rural bits. So anyone could... You know, kind of the, the first to third uh, order there is anyone's guess. Obviously, if the Lib Dems come third, that vote will go in both different directions. Either could win. If the Tories come third, you assume the Lib Dems win. If Labour comes third, 
you assume the Lib Dems will. Yeah, so there are lots of permutations where someone else could win because of, of the transfers. I also think the other interesting thing in the West of England is because uh, we use IRV, not AV, for our runoff voting system. So you, you, you get two votes, one one your first and your second preference. What, what is our AV as alternative vote? And instant runoff. Yeah. So you basically have a, instead of doing the French thing, you have your first runoff, then a, your first round, then a week where everyone campaigns, and a second. You go, here's my first choice, here's my second. Now in, say, the London mayoralty, that's fairly easy for people to vote in a way which gets the most out of their preferences, right? So you vote for who, your your preferred choice, and then you vote for the one you least dislike out of Labour and Conservative. If you're in the west of England, and you, you and your first choice is Green, it's not clear who you vote for as your second preference if you want to stop the Conservatives. Do you do it for Labour? Do you do it for the Liberal Democrats? Depending on the order and people go out, those two vote... You know, if you, because a second preference for a third-placed candidate is irrelevant. Is right? irrelevant, yeah. yeah. It just doesn't get counted. So, I mean, yeah, so there are many... Wow, this this is my coolest appearance on your podcast. There are many very reasons cool podcast, why IRV that. is the worst of the preferential voting systems. And I think you know, uh, the West of England will be a really good example of that. There will be a lot, I think, of wasted votes where people have cast a perfectly sensible second preference and won't be counted. What's like Lib Dem, Green, or...? No, so like Green... If you're sort of... Oh, sorry. So you cast Green Lib Dem or Green Labour and then Labour or the Lib Dems goes out in the same round as you. Well, that was a perfectly sensible way of voting tactically anti-conservative. But it could let the Tories in. But it could let the Tories in, right? Let's, let's, let's move the conversation on because I'm, I'm still slightly baffled by the idea that somewhere you have a ranked list of your favourite uh, preferential voting systems. Let's continue our little tour. So Tees Valley, mm-hmm. uh, which is the sort of Middlesbrough, Hartlepool, Darlington one. Red car. Yeah. I heard late last week that Labour are crapping themselves about that one. Well, they did lose that, that council by election. Yeah, I mean, that really should be... Uh, like Labour should have like a 10, 15 point advantage up there, right? It's, it's, the Lib Dems have a surprisingly resilient councillor base up there. They are the are the official opposition or a third party within a whisker of being the official opposition on most of those councils and held red car uh, in the last parliament. It is one of the places where Labour's hegemony looks more hegemonic because of first past the post than it actually is. Although, once again, in Tees Valley... so. Uh, I, I was calling some people around going, you know, how is it looking down there? And a lot of people are saying that our vote is not very enthused and the Conservatives around here will always vote. So they're nervous about that, obviously. The fact that now everyone's going to have to vote twice in one year means that they're, they're more nervous than the electorate will get, you know, smaller and therefore more Conservative. However, it comes back to Andy Street's problem. Where are the transfers going to come for, I can't even tell you what the name of the Conservative candidate in Tees Valley is. Ben Suchon, I think. Seems legit. Labour is Sue Jeffrey. I think another reason for thinking that Labour might lose the Tees Valley, in fact, is that Labour has an appallingly bad record of managing to elect women to anything significant. Um, I mean, 100 MPs in Westminster, they do a little governing there. But, you know, as individuals, rather than just, like, you know... I don't know, maybe I'm being yeah. apparent. But like we've, we've had the conversation before about how the mayoral elections have turned out a bit blokey, as as is this podcast. Oh, Stephanie, how we miss you. But nonetheless, like the the fact that like the one woman who seemed likely to win it now might not win does sort of seem in keeping with that debate. Labour's Leslie Mansell might win. She won't, though, will she? She could. I, I think the 
the, the fascinating thing, and I know I've said this on this podcast before, is all of these mayoralties have a large city that you kind of think of as the heart, perhaps not geographically, but actually of the... And mostly cities have, have been more able to preserve a functioning local paper, right? So if you live in Bristol, that election is actually getting decent proper coverage, less so for the rest of the constituency. So if you have a situation where turnout is just twice as high in Bristol, then suddenly it's just a, a, a Lib Lab fight with, you know, some Tories in the, sh- in the country bits being but, I mean, fairly incidental. Bristol also elected a mayor last year, so isn't that going to confuse people? If like, suddenly, like, hey, we're electing another mayor. Yeah, I think, yeah, who knows? They'll, they'll, they'll be interesting. I'm not sure how low turnout will be. The fact that it is unseasonably and kind of from a climate change perspective terrifyingly warm <laughs> this year, I think will be a factor in both the mayorals and the general election, right? It's already at that stage where you're kind of feeling, oh, do I really have to work? Couldn't I just go outside and lie in the sun? Um, yeah. Which is not good if you want to win an election. Anyway. Okay, let's let's finish our let's finish our tour. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So... Manchester, we still think Burnham's probably got it in the bag, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. difficult. It's difficult he's, to see he, any other. He, he said he's not going to stand for his parliamentary seat now. So, if anything can ruin Andy Burnham's <laughs> chances, it's quitting his existing that, yeah. job. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, he's, no, he's still mean, a favourite, right? It's, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, the, now the Manchester Gorton by-election has been moved. The sort of Lib Dems' hope of a, a big juicy surge have been sort of torpedoed a little bit. Um, I think both Lib Dems and Tories will do well enough but as we said it's the transfers issue where are Sean Anstey's transfers coming from the answer is yeah no one's going to Tories a second preference okay Liverpool obviously Steve Rotherham Steve Rotherham although I mean the caveat when the Lib Dems briefed something is you know the Lib Dems were briefing that they were they were in with a chance of winning Stoke on Trent Central, so it's important to take one of the Lib Dems brief with a, you know, a skip load of salt. Are you saying that the Liberal Democrats would lie about something? Well, no. I mean, their approach to uh, 
graphs proves they're nothing other than incredibly uh, faithful to statistics anyway. Yeah. But um, they're briefing that Rotherham is rattled by uh, both the low turnout and also by uh, their their candidate, Carl Cashman. Uh, apparently Rotherham has been knocking him for being 23, which actually is a fairly valid criticism if you want to be the mayor of the Liverpool city region. Yeah. Uh, but the Lib Dems are saying, "Oh, you wouldn't make, you wouldn't be making that uh, argument if he wasn't spooked." But Steve has decided he to... would, though. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I, I would tell him to piss off and finish his geography homework. To be honest, so, you know. Steve has decided to fight that election as if it's a marginal for a couple of reasons. One, by fighting it uh, as a marginal, it g's everyone up. Well, I mean, they thought it g'd everyone up for voter ID for um, a general election, which was some way off. But obviously, Labour has two very tough fights on its hands in Liverpool City region in Rural West, Rural West and Rural South. Um, so it makes sense to fight it like a module. But yeah, also, to alienate yet more uh, Skyline's listeners, it's perfectly legitimate to say, like, come back when you need to shave, mate. Like, yeah. I'm... I mean, he is very fresh-faced, Carl Cashman. I... I don't know what his shaving regime is. Talk, talking, talking of uh, fresh-faced young politicos, what do we make of the rumour this afternoon that uh, Seb Corbyn might be running for Liverpool Walton, which is Steve Rotherham's old seat? Not going to happen. Yeah, one word. Starts with B, rhymes with bollocks, and is <laughs> I, don't, I don't think bollocks rhymes with bollocks. I don't think that's how... I mean, bollocks. you literally did just rhyme it there. I'm going to, you know, if it wasn't the NEC who were deciding this, I'd say if it was a Corbyn... Uh, Anderson fight I would say Corbyn wouldn't be a total no-hoper I, I, yeah, I the, think the, he could the, win a vote in the CLP the other name being floated is, is Joe Anderson, mayor yeah. of Liverpool City proper rather than City region Joe Anderson yeah. who is basically desperate for a pension plan because he's going to be pointless soon in terms of the seats where they are vacant for a variety of reasons a lot of those are because you know if you're Rob Maris you've got a majority of 801 you've decided actually you're all right, thanks. I, I don't don't fancy going down, you know, with with another defeat. But the other sort of factor in that is that the NEC officers, of whom there are eight: Jeremy Corbyn, Tom Watson, and six uh, officers of the of various affiliated unions, will decide. Will ultimately pick the candidates for all of those seats. So in practice, what will happen is the big unions will have a fight. Unite will get to pick one. So there are four at the moment, right? So obviously Unite gets one, GMB gets one, Unison goes, hey, we're relevant too, they get one, and then everyone has the all, you know, an almighty fight over the fourth. Um, there is no way... So in terms of Unite's priority list, there are lots of people who have, you know, have just have done, done well for Unite who they'd like to get seats for. Their number one slot's not going to be Seb Corbyn. GMB's number one slot isn't going to be Seb Corbyn. Unison, I mean, he's not a Unison member. Unison doesn't represent uh, parliamentary citizens. Unison's number one slot is not going to be a, the kind of, you know, the CWU, who were, uh, who were the other union making up the panel, they're not going to go, oh, yeah, you know what we want to put. It's, just, it, it, where it's are a they nonsense gonna... story. I have no idea where it's, it's, it's Where, it's, where it's, are they know... on Joe Anderson is what I want to know. Is he likely to get the I, I don't know that much about Joe Anderson's sort of union game, but I think... I think it's a sort of fairly predictable quid pro quo. You think, you know, I'm not going to make a uh, Joe uh, Steve Rotherham's life difficult by clinging on um, as the mayor, of, as the leader of uh, Liverpool City Council of my own democratic mandate. I'll 
go to Walton and make lots of noise there and get out of your hair, I think is the, the subtext there. Yeah, I think it feels... Because I think if someone from uh, Corbyn's inner circle does get Liverpool Walton, it will be Carrie Murphy, uh, his office manager, close personal associate of Len McCluskey, formerly worked for Tom Watson, although now obviously estranged. It's it's difficult for council leaders to be selected because, and obviously, you know, council leaders, mayors, etc., because they've been having the cuts devolved to them for so long now. And Anderson is especially unpopular for that. I mean, I this my own scientific sample of uh, sample of Liverpool Twitter before the responses were not suitable for a family podcast. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, just in the name of completism, we should talk about Peter and Cambridgeshire. It was going to be a Tory victory. It's still going to be a Tory victory. No change there, right? Um, no, again, the interesting thing in Anything terms of... interesting to say about that one? So there are a couple of interesting things about Peterborough and Cambridgeshire. One is uh, what happens in Peterborough, right? The, the bigger the Tory vote out of there, the more chance that Stuart Jackson, Conservative MP for Peterborough since 2005, will remain the Conservative MP for that marginal seat. The other, of course, is what the Lib Dems do in Cambridge and its surrounding areas. So the more that, to be honest, is a mayoralty, which I would say is primarily interesting because of what it tells us about the general election. And that'll be hello again, Julian Hilpert. Yeah. Okay. So to to come to circle back round to our initial theme, what what does the fact we're now having a general election, like you know, was it thirty five days after? Yeah, exactly five weeks after these mayoral elections, not having a general election. What's that going to do? Is what, what do you reckon that'll do to turn out first off? I mean, this is feels like a, a, a cop-out answer, but it's true. The insufficient data. So Thatcher went to the country quite a lot in June, didn't she? Was 83 in June? Uh, I think was it eight, might have been. I think and I think 87 was yes, also in June, so. right? Um, so I, to be honest, I, I, I'm sorry, I should have looked this up. Um, I don't know what turnout was in the 83 and 87 local elections. However, um, I think... And again, I may be wrong, but 87 is one of the few times when the government has not lost seats uh, in the in the local elections. So there are two things that suggest. One, that turnout was lower when the electorate gets more old and therefore more conservative. Uh, or it means that people get into a general election mode sooner and therefore they are more likely to vote. See, my grand unifying theory on this is that there are going to be people who turn up to vote thinking it's general election day, just because they've got a vague idea something political is going on. Really, do you think? Yeah, I reckon. What, a month early? Yeah, why not? Like, are you voting? Oh, I better get to the polling. Yeah, there. well, in that case, the Tory landslide, surely. Yeah, that's why. So, last of all, do we? what do we think the general election is going to do to the amount of attention these mayoral elections get? Um, Because, I mean, my instinct is a lot more people are going to be getting on the train to Birmingham because it's kind of quite a nice bellwether story. Yeah, well, there is the sort of... One, there's the festival of democracy argument, right? And the, you know, that people will be engaged, but will it necessarily be engaged on a municipal level? Um, And what you say about media attention is also true, but obviously no one's going to be going up to the Tees Valley, are they? It will make the... I think the, the upshot of this will be that the Westminster's mayoralty will remain the sexiest electoral contest and the rest will sort of slip slowly into the mood music of their respective local authorities. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's my instinct. Is we're probably going to hear a lot more about the West Midlands, but no one's going to pay the slightest attention. Yeah, especially, look, uh, given that, you know, Gisela Stewart stood down, Jess Phillips is at risk of losing a seat if the Dems are resurgent. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting local stories. But, I mean, I kind of think this is how... It's all going to be reported through the prism of, of national politics. Of what right? does it mean? Be, yeah, it's going to be, what, what does this mean for next month? As well, yeah, as Stephen says, it's a, a valuable curtain raiser, and it's, you know, maybe it'll... You know, impact the trajectory of the individual campaigns. Maybe you know we'll see Farron knee slide uh, across across the Clifton Suspension Bridge when Stephen Williams win, and you know then the the choice going to Parliament, right? Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll oh, right. So I've looked it up. <laughs> Turnout. You don't care, do you? I do. He laughed at me. Yeah, I'm just I'm just debating whether to cut this bit. But go on, have your little moment. <laughs> um, the 1987 local election turnout was higher than the surrounding years. So actually having a local election before a general election did not, and again, 11th of June, so a very similar kind of, you know, swallowed up in the amorphous lump. So I think it means there will be more, you know, as a boring old history person, I think that the past is generally a good guide to the future. Higher That's turnout favours the Tories, right? Is that thinking... Well, I think in higher, any other in any other contest, right? In any other voting system contest, higher turnout does suggest. Well, no. So the thing is about higher turnout, about increasing and decreasing turnout, is you, you get to an absolute floor when the electorate becomes quite Remainy but quite conservative. Um, but actually, mostly, so we saw this with the referendum, where more young people voted than than, than have at any point in British history, but more old people voted than. So you, you you can never really increase your own turnout without increasing the other fellas. Right? But the, the the big sort of variable in all of that is that what tends to happen when people vote in local elections and not in election years is they go, "I'm going to send a message of general discontent with the government." If they are voting on general election day, what happens is they go, who do I want to run run the country? And then they vote all that way, all the way down, which is why the Lib Dems have tended to do worse on general election days. So the interesting question is, if people vote more because they're in election mood, does that mean that they will vote for whichever party they want to run the country? So that was a very long way of saying, yes, it will, I imagine, help the Tories, but not because the turnout will be up, but because people will be picking a government not voting on local records or going, the boss, time for a free two fingers to her. Okay, well, two weeks to go. We'll know soon enough. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.